everybody. Welcome back to Author AK. Today I have Tim. And Tim and I have uh, some similarities. He's a armor officer, then an MI officer, and I was a, a scout. So we hang out with the Army guys a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, normally in front of them or back when it was cold because the tents yeah. are really warm. <laughs> Fire up that engine. Yeah, oh my God. Please. Pick yeah. our food. Uh -huh. uh, so we're going to go ahead. I'm going to let Tim introduce himself. He has an extensive background. I want to thank you very much for your service you've done for the country. And, thank you uh, as well. Take it away. Let's t tell everybody about yourself. Yeah. So my name's uh, Tim. Uh, I go by T.R. Hendricks is my my pen name. Um, hail from Long Island, New York. I've been um, basically in one facet or another working in the private security industry most of my time after leaving the military. Mm -hmm. um, but that was really my main um, goal in life was to be an Army officer. Uh, I did ROTC, went in as a lieutenant uh, right at 2003. So uh, right as the Iraq war was getting underway and uh, I was in basic during the initial um, movement to Baghdad. And then mm -hmm. uh, I was part of the relief force in 2004. Um, we, call it, we call it OIF2. Uh -huh. You know, they were, they were numbering every rotation <laughs> back then, not realizing it was going to go on 20 years, you know? Really? So it was like, Oh, you know, by five we'll be done. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. Uh, yeah. That was all I have too. And, uh, but yeah, I, I did another rotation, 0708, and then uh, got out and worked, you know, through the civilian mm -hmm. industry and um, just kind of found my place. You know, some jobs worked, some jobs didn't. But always in the back of my mind, I had the goal of um, becoming a published author, you know. And so I was Excellent. always doing that. That was like a, a hobby, a great escape for me. Uh, you know, as well as I do when you're on mm -hmm. deployment, there's a lot of downtime, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I would fill in that time through kind of my own imagination and whatnot. And, um, what started as a hobby really, you know, developed into a goal to become a, a published author, a traditionally published author right. is, is really what I set my sights on. Uh -huh. And, um, you know, happy to say that earlier this year, my first novel, the instructor came out and, uh, in April and, we're eagerly awaiting the release of Excellent. the Infiltrator, which comes out in April of 24. So Excellent. Excellent. That's, that's, so, that's uh, the real brief one. It's once yeah. over. <laughs> so do uh, you know where Hallpog is? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I've been there. Yeah. I, I remember I, I, I worked for a company called EDS at the time. Okay. And they had a huge facility out there. And I went, I flew in from Dallas to do some training to mm -hmm. teach a class, a Microsoft okay. class. And I remember I went... To a oh, it was a Benegans or some restaurant. That was right after that TWA flight fell into the day. Oh yeah, you know, TWA eight hundred. Yeah, yeah, I got caught in that wake. Wow. And uh, okay, so I just remember sitting there, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm eating, and there's you know, a couple ladies talking over there, and man, I threw, I thought I could throw out some f bombs. Oh, holy! <laughs> I thought Fran Drescher uh, was next to me. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they, they put truckers and sailors to shame over Ooh. here. Wow. You get, you get a Long Island Italian woman fired up, forget about it. That's Man, it. I was like, I'm going to put some of these down. I haven't heard these. They, 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 <laughs> will, they will strip the hide off your back with those. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but lovely women they are. So I just want to say they're lovely 100%, women they are. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> a very near dear family that is uh, 100% Italian and Sicilian. So, uh, yeah. 
So yeah. how do you get your uh, your inspirations for your book? Is it based on your military or things you've done, or where do you, where do you get that? And how does it come to you? Like, oh my god, I'm gonna write something, and here it goes. And yeah, this we- one. So it, it's funny. I started as a um, fantasy author because that's where I read a lot of my stories. It was like that. Well, you were in the army. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. When when the rubber meets the road, right? Like. <laughs> Work my whole life to getting in, and then I get in, I go, wait a second. This is nothing <laughs> this, like they said. What? This isn't what it's supposed to be. It's probably why I was I was the um I was like the gung-ho mm. number one cadet, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, oh, yeah. and 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 I was gonna be a five-star general, not a five-star, but a four-star general mm. one day. That was, you know, I had like those aspirations. Yeah. And then I got boots on the ground. I was like, <laughs> I'm out of here, especially when people need, started shooting back. Forget that, you know. <laughs> I need, I need to pop smoke. I need to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's let's do a tactical retrograde. Yeah, exactly, one. exactly. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was kind of funny because uh, guys that I graduated and got commissioned with, mm-hmm. they're all hitting like lieutenant colonel and full right. bird right now, and I was out after you know four and a half cl- close to five years i was mm-hmm. out and they're like what happened you were you were like the man back in in rotc i was like uh, you know <laughs> rub, rubber didn't meet the road for me at least you know excellent, um, excellent. but yeah so I, part of that like escapism that i was mentioning earlier you know was um being able to pick up pick up a book and be transported to a world not of our own you know and, and I, it was always something that was attractive to me because I loved um, the talent of these authors that could just yep. invent entire worlds and peoples and cultures and philosophies and um, you know conflicts that go back mm-hmm. thousands of years and and I just became immersed in them you know these 12 13 15 book series mm-hmm. and um, you know I was always kind of drawn to that stuff as a kid I liked you know knights fighting dragons and shit mm-hmm. like that so yep. that's what I would toy around with in my writing and right. um, I was going and going and going and I, you know, those stories just, they kind of just develop over time, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, what if I did this? What if I did that. And, um, the instructor was my first ever foray into the thrower space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I actually had avoided it for so long because I thought it would be more difficult to write a story that exists within the parameters of our world. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, it's so much easier to just make up a whole world. You know, I have yep. total control over everything. If I want to call that thing a gobbledygook, you know, who's going to stop me? Yeah, because exactly. There's, there's no precedent on it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's probably not the best word choice, but you know, it's right. You, there's it's, it's the limit is your imagination. And I'm like, if I have to write something that takes place in the United States, we're confined to it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we're confined to all the rules of gravity and what things right. are already named and just, but when I actually started writing it, I was like, wow, this is easy because this is all we've known. Like, you know, mm-hmm. for, for my 42 years on this planet, like I'm right. intimately familiar with this, whereas something right. that I'm <laughs> creating in my imagination, yep. you know, it, it's like, Oh, that doesn't necessarily work. But even though so, you can't have, you can have a little bit of a uh, lead way, even in a, in a thriller fiction, if you're from a, you know, technology perspective yes. or personalities and things for like sure that. like uh, the, the number one thing that i always remembered from a creative writing class i took in college was uh the suspension reasonable suspension of disbelief right mm-hmm. you know it's like people will give you that latitude to invent yep. some new piece like in the sequel i think i've got 
um, the main character's got like this enhanced, it's essentially an iPhone, you know, mm-hmm. but it's like an enhanced computer that he keeps on his wrist top and he's, you know, oh, cool. typing and tracking, you mm-hmm. know, he's typing in uh, situation reports and, and GPS and, yep. you know, um, all these great things. Yep. And like, that's not so f- uh, far of a stretch of the imagination no. for somebody to say, yeah, I can see this guy having a super advanced wrist top computer. You well, know? if they do, if somebody says, no, that's impossible, say go back and watch uh, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, or or like you know, you, to take it even further back, go really old school. Like, uh, remember the Dick Tracy comic books? Yeah, you know, yeah. where they're sitting there talking into the watch. Exactly. And it was like, oh, that would never happen. And now you know, you've got your iWatch, and you can, yep. you know, intercom somebody downstairs from you. So you can talk in your house and get a response like, you know, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's yeah. like I don't feel like getting home off the couch. You know, and I buzz my daughter, <laughs> hey, come in here, get the remote. You know. I can't reach it, you know. Right over here. <laughs> yeah. So um, the funny thing with the instructor, when that idea came to me, uh, I was writing short stories at the time uh-huh. because that was like my, I, I didn't think my my skill set was up to snuff yet to really dive into, um, not that I wasn't writing full length novels. I was, right. I just, I wasn't ready to put them out there yet. So right, I was right. okay. kind of like honing my skill uh, if you will, and, and experimenting, trying out mm-hmm. new things. You know, one short story was like, I want to make people feel bad for Darth Vader. And I wrote right. this, this whole short story about Darth Vader not dying at the end of Jedi, but mm-hmm. being captured and then executed, you know, mm-hmm. by, by the rebellion. And I had people like, sad, you know, feeling bad right. for Darth Vader. It was like right, arguably right. The, the worst villain in the history of, you know, uh, villains or, or yeah. one of them anyway. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, that's what I was doing. I was experimenting with short stories and I had a like this little fledgling um, website where I would throw them up once a month and I was getting really good feedback and just so happened at the time, a co-worker um, who happens to be a retired Marine mm-hmm. wilderness survival instructor and has his own uh, school. He, he teaches in Northern Jersey. It's uh, called K-12 uh, Survival Solutions. Great guy. Okay. Um, he and I were working together in a private investigations firm, and he was the director of investigations, and I would support him on some stuff occasionally. And we were just joshing. Also, you know, he's a veteran, 20-year, mm-hmm. you know, um, retired Marine Corps warrant officer. So we're just BSing one day during the coffee break. And he tells me, I almost, he's like, I almost had my own survival show, like Les Stroud or Bear Grylls. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, it's really cool. What happened? And he said, the producers of the show wanted to um, use his, like, he had a very, very niche top secret job in the military, you know, like, like above top secret. Mm -hmm. SCI, like yeah, compartmentalized all that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. he was really read into a lot of stuff, and he couldn't talk about it, obviously. Nor would he, because he's a man of integrity and everything. But the producers wanted to basically say, "Let's take something from your top secret military career, and then we'll transpose it into the episode, and you can show how your survival skill helped in that situation." Something to that effect, right? And he's like, "No, I'm not." going to do that that's you're, you're asking me to <laughs> i'd be surviving in leavenworth <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like you're asking me to divulge national secrets for television ratings yeah. he's like i'm sorry it's not going to happen and they they yeah. basically canned him they said well you know we're not moving forward so while that was happening 
in the back of my head, the wheels start turning, like that inspiration mm-hmm. hits, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know what? I if you want, we'll what we'll do is I'll write a fictional uh like bio for you. Mm-hmm. Completely made up, but we can do the whole based on a true story thing. Mm-hmm. And you can take it back to Hollywood and you know, go wink wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, I'm not saying this was me, but it might have been me. And maybe, you know, that's the thing. And yeah. I don't think anybody had any idea or intention of that actually moving forward from more than a chuckle, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And so uh, this guy, Rob, um, my buddy, Rob, he's like, yeah, whatever, Tim, go ahead. You want, you want to write a backstory. Here's, here's kind of like my resume. Go ahead and have, have fun with it. And I was like, right. okay, cool. And so I started writing this bio and then the bio turned into like a five page short story. And then the thing just took a life of its own. And oh wow! I would come in with chapters, and I'm like, "Rob, check this out." And he's like, "Dude, this is this is pretty cool." He's like, "Where are you going to go with this from now?" I'm, I'm thinking like, "We need the next need, chapter." Yeah, we, I'm <laughs> thinking what we need to do is something like this and this. He's like, "Yeah, man, go for it." Yeah, yeah. And, and boom! Next thing you know, uh, the first draft of the instructor was written, refined it a little bit, and then I I, I went out in search of an agent, and the, the rest is history from there. So how'd you do that? How'd you go out and search for an agent? Because they're a lot of standoffish, or if you don't know somebody in the industry, or it can be tough. I I, I would say um, that can be true um, mm. with the industry as a whole, but I also feel like that is um, kind of a stereotype that mm-hmm. agents and the mm-hmm. agent, like the literary agency world, yeah. kind of gets labeled with. Um, mm-hmm. In my experience, I found that it's not so much like, like it's like any other company, right? Some companies yeah. have their stuff wired tight. Yeah. They're just, they're just humming along, you know, mm-hmm. and other people are stuck in the stone ages or they're right. inefficient or there's mm-hmm. egos involved or, wh- or whatever. And it just kind of like depends on how, you know, I've, I've queried literary agencies that I've never heard back from, you know, you, you hear stories from people that receive rejection notices three years after their novel is published that they right. originally pitched, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, so like, you know, yeah, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I hate to let you know, man, for, that mail is slow. Yeah. Thanks for getting back to me finally. <laughs> and some of that is on the industry, yeah. the publishing industry as a whole, there, there's a propensity, I think, to shy away from, mm updating their practices because that would take away from what is a very stressful machine of yep. constant need for publication, you know, and yes. you yeah, know we yeah. could talk about a puppy inv- mill, you know, yeah. The, the investiture of, of money into advanced technologies mm-hmm. for tracking and stuff like this. Yeah. And, and that shortens margins and what's already a, yeah. a tight margins. So that's a whole business side, of it, but I digress. Um, yeah. My, I, I just went through the process. I had actually queried a book beforehand that I really shouldn't have, like before I wrote the instructor, it was, mm-hmm. it was my first foray where I was actually like, I have something here. I think I've got the chops to make it. Mm-hmm. And I just fumbled through the whole query process. Like it, it was by, by no means should I have ever put that <laughs> book out into right. the world in the state that it was in. Right. Um, and just simple things. Like I was sending the manuscript out um, and didn't have my name on it. You know, I, I was sending the manuscript out and it was in like 11 font, single spaced for like oh, 300 wow. something pages like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and I think 
it's kind of like the old uh, adage with your resume, like, you mm-hmm. know, uh, an HR person is going to get 200 resumes a day and they whittle it out just by, if you have an, a spelling error, they just like, oh, yeah. can't, you know, yeah. they have to, they have to shrink way, the pool. They have to narrow it down. Oh yeah. Right. A little, they have to find a way to do that. And I, that thing failed miserably, rightfully mm-hmm. so. Um, Cause people probably open it and be like, what, what the heck is this? I did get mm-hmm. two full requests for it mm-hmm. based off the query letter, but that, you know, never heard back from anybody, but right. that was um, an important exercise in learning the ins and outs of how to do this, how to mm-hmm. properly format your manuscript, how right. to cater your query letter to the specific agent that you're looking to mm-hmm. attract their attention you know, doing the necessary research to figure out, is my book even a mm-hmm. fit for this agent? For company, you know? yeah. yeah. Because if you go in there with a, well, I don't, you know, I'm just going to write a blanket cover letter. Mm-hmm. You might make it past the front gate. I don't know. Right. Um, if you are going to say, well, this agent doesn't represent my genre or represent mm-hmm. my age group, but you know mm-hmm. what? they're going to make an exception for me. Guess what? You're, you're out of there. <laughs> yeah. you know, agents don't have time. Yeah. They do not have the time. They're reading their clients' books. They're yeah. reading submissions. They're doing newsletters and podcasts and all these other things to grow there, but they don't have mm-hmm. the time. The industry is just too crazy that way. Right. Um, so I got picked up off the slush pile. You know, I, I sent my query letter into my agent, Barbara Powell. She's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, now um, has her own her own shop, uh, Word mm-hmm. One Literary, and uh, basically, you know, my letter went on on the desk, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier about some people are better at their efficiencies than other, right? And I'd say, you know, within a few months of sending out my query, within the reasonable time that you would expect at least a rejection mm-hmm. or some kind of response, um, she requested uh, the fall. I think her specific request was either for my first chapter or my first mm-hmm. 10 pages mm-hmm. along with my query letter. Right. Right. Um, and then she requested the fall. And then after that, you know, I got the call we did some conversations and, and behold, she offered the representation. So, yeah. I, so you can do that. I mean, there's many paths to representation. You can go to yeah. the conferences and yeah. pitch to agents directly. And some people land it that way, but I, I don't know. I've a lot of people I've uh, met mm-hmm. have just done it by the good old sending out that letter. Yeah, because you know? I'm actually looking for I'm looking for a literary agent now for my for our next uh, historical fiction. Yeah, uh, we'll see what we can do. But yeah, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. So it, it's a process for sure. You oh, know? And, yeah. and to be honest, I was one agent away from shelving the project mm-hmm. completely. I thought I could maybe bring it back out at a later time, like right. Because some of that. Also, you might have the greatest novel that's ever been written in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. But if the market doesn't want that right now, then, yeah, you're then not going to get, get picked up. You know, exactly. So, sometimes, like you have to put the work in. Of course, yeah. you know you could be the most talented writer, but you have to put the effort in. You have to have the drive. You have to have mm-hmm. a thick skin, and you have to press on yeah. in the face of these rejections. Uh, yeah. But sometimes the stars just have to kind of align the right mm-hmm. way too. You know? I believe, and, yeah. I think and, you're right. And I was very fortunate in that regard, both with 
um, Barbara representing mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And then further on, when uh, Robert Davis, my editor, picked me mm-hmm. up for, for Tor Forge, he was mm-hmm. like, hey, I really want this military thriller, but I don't really want it to be an international. And I kind of like something that's like takes place outdoors more than in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Barbara was like, oh boy, do I have a story for you? Like, I mean, I couldn't believe my ears when she told Excellent. me. Excellent. I was like, you're kidding me, right? He, he asked for that. <laughs> he asked for it without the, knowing. Then you start that. looking around for uh, like, okay, where's all the cameras and yeah, all the exactly. listening devices? Like, like oh, yeah, big I, brother. I'm on, yeah, I'm on uh, a, a candid camera show. I'm like, you know, okay, when's, when are they going to pop out and say, just kidding? You know, Alexa, something. Alexa, where are you? Where, right, where? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, so tell us about uh, tell us about the new book coming out. Yeah, so the new book is uh, called The Infiltrator. Mm-hmm. It picks up roughly um, roughly about a year after the events of the instructor. Okay. Um, and I don't, you know, I want to frame this in a way that's not giving away too many spoilers. Mm-hmm. But basically, the um, the plot of the instructor, which is you know, based around the suspicion of this domestic terrorist group that hires mm-hmm. Derek Harrington, my protagonist, to teach them wilderness survival. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he starts to unravel the, you know, pull on the thread and unravel this plot that he's believed in. That story is very centrally located around um, the enemy camp in upstate New York. Okay. Now, we really start to broaden things out in the infiltrator. Mm-hmm. We find out that this wasn't an isolated camp. Mm-hmm. There's multiple locations. Um, it, it Which become, is not too far fetched because they had one in New, uh, New Mexico. Yeah, exactly. You know, there yeah. is, um, that, that was another thing. I did not intend it to be this way, but it right. became very, um, very timely, mm-hmm. the manuscript, because you had a lot of these camps these kind of revolutionary mm-hmm. camps these yep. you know um doomsday prepper types you know people that are wishing the next american civil war i don't know why anybody would ever wish for you know the slaughter uh, of your neighbors that's, uh, but, you that's know, beyond uh, me uh, I, I, that i don't get i don't I'm i don't, sorry. I don't, touch I, don't that get, one. I don't i don't get that <laughs> you know but but there was also several articles about the um the radicalization of iraq afghanistan and veterans Mm-hmm. Um, especially Afghanistan guys, because mm-hmm. uh, guys and gals, I should say, um, because they were coming back and in a very vulnerable state mentally, mm-hmm. and these groups were snatching them up uh, based on the training that they have, mm-hmm. um, and and they wanted to absorb that U.S. military mm-hmm. uh, doctrine, um, but at the same time, you're getting these individuals that felt that like they were betrayed by their country and they were they were used and they weren't given the chance to win or their friends died for nothing. All those very extreme emotions were churning up in them. And you you find, I I was finding more and more articles based in truth of, you know, people or groups that had that kind of ideology. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is, this is something that we've got to, keep an eye on here you know because when everybody's worried about what's coming from overseas we've got stuff brewing in our backyard you know and i and that's kind of where i went with with the story i was like wouldn't it be interesting Mm -hmm. to write a fiction thriller novel exploring those ideas and and seeing how it might unfold and so in, in the sequel you see that happen um 
everything's just on like a, a, a grander scale. Mm-hmm. FBI is involved, uh, you know, much more. The FBI is involved in the first one too, but the FBI right. is, you know, it's, it's kind of a, um, not a global scale, but a national scale mm-hmm. that, that the operations are going on. And, yep. uh, you know, the group, is the group that they're um, pursuing is essentially on their last legs. They're on the ropes, you know, right. and, and that, I, you know, I'm a big boxing fan, right? And so right. Somebody, somebody's on the ropes can be one of the most dangerous times for you as a fighter, right? Because that's when they're desperate. That's when, right. that's when they just start throwing crazy. You're haymakers. Well at you. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you see the guy that you're like, wow, this guy has been winning for 11 rounds and then he gets caught flush because the, the guy was just, you know, his opponent was backed into a corner and that's, that's that survival that's, instinct or that, that corner yeah. of dogs, you know, where you got, okay, I, I got to come out exactly. of here. Yeah, come out know, it's, it's like, if, if we hard. don't fight with everything that we yeah. have, we're dead. So right. that's kind of the overarching mm-hmm. theme Excellent. of uh, of the second book and i have um books three and four planned um i actually started drafting the first one of three but this is basically a, a, a four book mm-hmm. uh storyline uh, okay. for, for this particular story and then i've got some ideas of how to spin derek off into you know kind of standalone stuff or maybe some of yep. my um supplementary characters especially mm-hmm. there's there's a husband and wife um, duo in the um, in the sequel that I love, right? Uh, Maureen and Al, where mm-hmm. they are um, they're like in their sixties now, but they're basically sixty, yeah, sixties. But they're basically retired CIA mm-hmm. um, operatives, you know, and they used to get deployed all over the the world as right. um as a married couple you know mm-hmm. to, to to perform missions that would fit that skill set right i would love to write you know a whole subset of, of books or stories based on oh those you could you go with so, that yeah, yeah yeah for sure i, I have a, a character that i created in the second book uh cobalt and mm-hmm. i was i was about halfway done with the third and i really i, I made her very uh prominent because she's a cia agent Right, but she's also a trained chef from the CIA, Culinary Institute of America. That's awesome. So she's an assassin, and she right. she her me- method of uh, termination is food poisoning well, I was say because poisoning, she can right? get yeah. the CIA can place her in any restaurant in the world right. because she has a pedigree. That's too and it never funny. ties back to the restaurant. So that that then I got halfway done and last week. I go, man, I had an idea, and I go, holy cow! And so I'm, I'm writing this historical fiction of World War One. I feel like I just got to get it out. Yep. So I kind of put this one on the, on the back burner for a little bit. And then when this one's done and the editing, then I'll go back and finish that one. Yeah. Because I just feel this is, I mean, I'm, like, I'm sure you're the same way. I just do a ton of research. And now mm. this historical fiction, there's got to, this, you know, it's a lot. It's I have animal. got yeah. pages <laughs> of things of research. I bought books. Right. Right. I want the uniforms correct. I want the uniforms correct. You know, yep. I want everything to be. The story is out there, but it's just about that. So, I, I mean, you sure you have to do a lot of research in your books? Hundred percent, because to me, like one of my like, I want to write a kick-ass story. I want to read. Mm-hmm. I want to write a barn burner that people tell me I was up till three a.m. or or right. Oh my god, that scene with the cages. You know, little teaser mm-hmm. there for everybody. You know, that scene with the cages. <laughs> oh my god, like I'm having nightmares. I'm like, oh cool, I inspired nightmares. You know, but 
the biggest thing that probably the second biggest thing or, or maybe even like a one, a one B to me is the authenticity. Right. And that yep. was always my hang up with writing um, a contemporary story that takes place in our world versus the fantasy story. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I better be sure that I'm getting this stuff right. You know, especially oh, like yeah. I, I was a, um, a history major in college, a uh, mm-hmm. big military history fan. Mm-hmm. And I know the enthusiasts that are in that space. Oh, they'll rip you, you apart. Know? And like, if you're saying that you, your guy was using a, a you know, a, a 7.62 by 33 Mauser mm-hmm. cartridge, and they'll be like, well, you know, that didn't actually come out until, you know, 1919. <laughs> and, you know, in August of 1919, and you had it in September of yep. 1917. Yeah. You know, and to me, you lose credibility, right? Mm-hmm. It, it shows like, okay, this guy wrote some stuff and didn't bother la- to do lazy. the research. Yeah, laziness, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one one thing that just popped in my my mind real quick was like this this woman who was a historian herself, mm-hmm. and she wrote this whole book and she was doing the press release on it, and basically the historian that she was doing the podcast with to promote the release of this book, the historian's like, yeah, you, you interpreted all these documents that you cited. You, you interpreted them completely wrong. All your theories are wrong. And he demonstrates it for her. Oh my God. On the episode. (laughs) And it's just like, Holy Mm. moly. And and there was like, no, it it was no argument because it was, you know, he, he presented the counter evidence and it was just incredible. Oh my goodness. Not to say that like my, you know, military thriller is never going to reach that level. Right. 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 Um, And you do get to have that leeway where you get to play with stuff a little bit, Mm -hmm. but you know, just things. And this was really kind of the fun of like, like I said, when I first started writing the instructor, it was based loosely off my, my friend, who was a Marine. So I started writing a Marine Corps guy, right? But I'm former Army. I spent five years in the Army and four years as a cadet. And so, like, all my terminology and knowledge and everything is fine. And it's very similar with the Marine Corps, but there's definitely differences. I mean, you've been around Marines before. Yeah, they say I.I. and head. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit of differences. Yeah, your bathroom is a – or your latrine is a head. Your your doorway is a hatch. uh, The the floor is the deck. You know, like all that sort of stuff. And now I'm in a place where I've, I've got this book and I'm like, oh man, I'm I, like in the instructor, there's a part where um, his elderly father, Derek's elderly father, who has like early onset dementia mm-hmm. and, and Alzheimer's. But Derek is like admiring his bed in his father's bedroom because all of the folds of like you know, the, the sheets yeah. and the yeah. blanket and everything is folded down perfectly to the measurements that you would do as a recruit in basic training. Mm-hmm. Well, I had to spend about two hours making sure that the Marines fold their shit the same way that the army does. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to get, you know, if I said it was 18 inches from the, the pillow to the, the first fold or something, I'm going to get some Marine somewhere. Yeah. that's going to come. Hey, it's not 18 not inches. Right. It's 12 yeah. inches. This guy doesn't know right. shit, yeah. you know? So, <laughs> and so you had that with um, that yeah. aspect with, with the Marines, which I, I, I love the Marines. I love the rivalry. Um, I come from a whole family of everybody serving in the army, except yeah. my father, who the book mm. is dedicated to. He's mm. the only Marine. 
he insists that the rest of us are wrong. Uh, and he was right, you know, so I, my whole, fa- my whole family was air force. I was yeah. like the only one to go in the army. Right. Like, uh. I, I, I love it. It's, it's a great dynamic and everything. Um, but you had that whole aspect of making mm-hmm. sure the, everything was right to the Marine yep. Corps standard. Then you have this huge, you know, uh, explosion of people mm-hmm. into survival, right. On, on right. all sorts of facets, whether they just go on hiking and mm-hmm. they want to know basic first aid yep. uh, and fire making or, you know, all the way up to your your preppers that are mm-hmm. preparing for the end of the world and are building self-sustaining homesteads and everything. Yep. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with Ca- any of that. Cachet of food and ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wherever they're going to go. Oh, and yeah. I'm not taking away from any of it. Uh, you know, Work. some days I'm like, I want to pull up stakes and move <laughs> out and, you know, and, and create a cache, you know, uh, and <laughs> live in the woods permanently. Yep. But, um, but certainly like there is that regard to mm-hmm. really like, Oh, you know, you described this not wrong. You know, that, right. that, that trap would have never been sprung with that kind mm-hmm. of knot. You needed this kind right. of trigger or whatever. So, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, but being a history major in college and doing, um, you know, just paper after paper after paper across a diverse scope of mm-hmm. histories that I researched, I mm-hmm. became very adept at it, you know? So right. I, I enjoy the research, you know, it's, it's a little oh, dis- too. yeah. It's a little dismaying when you're um, sitting down to a writing session and you want to knock out like two thousand words or you know whatever, and you just go down the research rabbit hole. Next thing you know, you've got like you know three hundred words. You know, in, yeah, in, a, that's, in a three I've, hour period, it's like <laughs> I've gotten to the point of of where okay, now I now I need to. What was trench warfare like? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the, the gas attack? What was this? What did they use to sound the gas attack? Right. Was that that little wooden thing that they turned around? Yeah, was it a yeah. Clanger? Well, what? I want to make it you know correct, right? Uh, because it's going to add to it. But no, I, I agree too. So, so your books sound fascinating. So where where can everybody find you? Where are you at? Oh, so I'm on. Um, so you could get me in like the in the retail stores for sure. Um, okay, yeah, Barnes and Noble. Um, you can order them through like Target and Walmart and stuff. They okay. don't have them on the shelves there, right. but they offer yep. them online. Uh, of course, you know, Amazon, um, mm. books a million carries right. it as well. So all those places you can go straight to Macmillan, um, and order it from, from the publishers. Is well. that Macmillan press? Um, uh, Macmillan USA is the overarching. So, I, I think at one time, so I used to do tech editing for Q Publishing. Okay. On all their Microsoft series of books, I used to do all the tech editing. And all then right, I gotcha. Write a book uh, from there, but I, I think at one, t- I think they were bought by Macmillan, and okay. I lost that person's name that I was working with all those years because I would love to be able to contact her and say, "Sure, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, yeah. you know, can, can you help can, me out?" With can, that? can you go walk across the hall for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get you. Yeah, um, that's crazy. So Tor. Uh, is an imprint of Macmillan. Yep. They do a lot in the science fiction fantasy space. Mm-hmm. And then Forge is their little subsidiary that does like the, the thriller, military thriller space okay. uh, underneath them. So I'm um, Tor Forge, but Macmillan's like the the overarching parent of that. Um, and then, you know, I, I always have to say this every podcast I do, independent bookstores, you know, go yep. in there. Even if they don't have it on the shelf, they can get it for you. You know, it's usually yep. there in a couple of days. But yep. especially um, with today being Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And, you know, tomorrow will be Black Friday and and everybody's going to be buying from the conglomerates. But, you know, 
the local shopping. What is it oh, like Saturday? Definitely. You know, Saturday I think is the big shop local support. So yeah, get Excellent. out to support your independent bookstores as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you two uh, army guys talking. Yep. Uh, and two uh, armor type guys talking too. So even better. Oh yeah. You, 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 was, <laughs> you know, if we didn't have time limits, we'd be here all day, but you oh, know, yeah, we're we, talking we, about we, we stuff. both got Turkey to get to. So yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure, Tim, talking to you. Uh, yeah. Really. Uh, great. Great time. And uh, folks go out there, check his books out. Check his, what, what, what what's your website? Oh, it's a uh, trhendrixauthor.com. Okay. Uh, I'm also on Twitter at tr underscore Hendrix, H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S. Uh, and then on um, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads, it's all the same username. It's Reed, R-E-A-D, T-R Hendrix. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, folks, go out there, check his books out. They sound very interesting. Uh, they're not taking place overseas. They're taking place at the home front. Mm-hmm. So uh, just watch the news. Right, yeah. <laughs> right in your own backyard and keep your fingers crossed. It doesn't actually come to pass. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Tim, it's been a pleasure. Again, all right. Happy Thanksgiving so and uh, wish you all the best success. Yeah. Same to you. Take care. All right, yeah.